Hello and welcome to this month's edition of Book Leather, Fact, Fiction and Fabulousness. This month it is National Share a Story Month and we're obviously going to be talking about all sorts of stories and sharing the stories we're currently reading and we're going to be talking about a book called Starfish and we're also going to have Dr Nambar on talking about her favourite books and Mr McNulty as well. So we have a lot of people coming in to share their favourite stories which we're very much looking forward to. This month we are going to be reading Starfish by Akemi Don Bowman. Starfish. Starfish. Then. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Not a book about the ocean. <laughs> I was. This is kind of just going straight into titles. When you handed me the book, I was like, don't know what to expect here. That was kind of my key thing about the title. Not a Scooby. What it was going to be about. But I do quite like the t- title that I read it because it does link to a central character. What did you think of the title? I liked it, but there was confusion. That's the word yeah. I've written down in my <laughs> yeah. notes is that there was a confusion because I think even when I recommended this book to you, I couldn't quite remember what it was called mm-hmm. because I thought it was half of me thought it was called Jellyfish and the other mm-hmm. half thought it was called Starfish. And it's because there actually is a jellyfish <laughs> yeah. oh, yeah, on so the front, yep. um, but the book itself is called Starfish. Yeah. And, and I like it because the, there is that sort of sense of the, the dual thing mm-hmm. right through the book because our main character mm-hmm. is Japanese-American. Yep. And she struggles with with the sort of Japanese side of her heritage mm-hmm. because she doesn't have access to yep. it at home, and I felt like that feeds in quite nicely mm-hmm. to the themes of the book. How would you sum up this book in in a sentence? Well, this book being a young adult fiction book, so very firmly in the teenage yeah. reading market and for older readers, I thought it was a book about the power of art and friendship mm-hmm. to overcome trauma. Well, that's a really good way of putting it. I really struggled to sum up in a sentence because I just feel there's so much going on in the book. Like, and that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. There's, you know, there's a lot going on. I sort of said a story that shows the importance of never giving up on your dreams, even when you kind of think they're out of your your grasp. The, the main character, Kiko. Her dream is to go to prison, an art school, to kind of just escape her life and her family and things that have happened to her. And th- th- this isn't a spoiler, like it's on the back of the book, but she's rejected from prison and, you know, her her dream's just completely lost. But I think she finds a new way, a, a kind of new dream and finds a new way of pursuing the old dream of going to art school. I also said it's importance of resilience despite adversity. I don't think Kiko would describe herself as resilience, but I think she's a lot stronger than she thinks. Like I think she does have the strength there to, to, to keep going and to, to persevere because she does a lot of things that if I was 17, I, I don't think I'd be able to get up and move to California with a friend. Like, yeah. And, and yeah. a friend that she's reconnected with. So yeah. it's not someone that's been she's been close with the last yeah. few years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I definitely think she's more resilient than than she actually thinks but that comes from a kind of low self-esteem and her background is she's she's her family are people who are not bolstering her mm-hmm. they're not talking her up or encouraging her and that that's part of the reason isn't it why she yeah. moves away because she has to get out from mm-hmm. under their influence so she yeah. is tougher although as you say she doesn't see herself mm-hmm. as, a, as a tough resilient yeah. character yeah. well speaking of characters then do you have a standout character do you know, a standout is a good one because, do you know, whenever I think of this, I always think about who my favourite mm-hmm. character is. But in terms of standout, it can be a character that you don't resonate with mm-hmm. at all. So the two for me, because I chose one I liked yep. and one that I didn't. Mm-hmm. So the one I liked was Jamie. Uh-huh. And that's the friend that she's reconnected with. And I really admire that because mm-hmm. I think sometimes people can have that sense of, oh, I've not, we've not talked, how's mm-hmm. this going to be? And it felt like he, he was someone that never gave up on Kiko. Yeah. And I really liked their friendship. It was very sweet and mm-hmm. it was... But it felt to me like true friendship because he took her with all the bits of yeah, her. Yeah. He wasn't just looking for sort of one one side of her. Mm-hmm. And when she was struggling with her social anxiety, he was mm-hmm. someone who was really supportive and gave her strategies. So I liked that. Um, the standout character in a negative <laughs> way yeah. um, was her mum. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who I think 
quite often in these books, the parents are sort of shunted away as secondary characters, mm-hmm. and if they're in there at all, they're seen as kind of mildly annoying. Or, yeah. Whereas that the relationship between her mum and this book was central, because her mum mm-hmm. was this narcissistic figure who put Kiko down mm-hmm. at every opportunity, didn't raise her up, and also enabled these awful situations and put her daughter in danger mm-hmm. and didn't yeah. believe her when Kiko was telling her about awful things that had happened to mm-hmm. her. And it was one of those experiences reading the book that as a reader just wanted to step in and get in between them mm-hmm. to make her see that, you know, please don't believe what she's saying. Mm-hmm. I found it quite a tough read for that yeah. reason. Yeah, the mother, her mum is certainly... At first I thought she was a bit of like a caricature of this like vain, loves herself too much, you know, her she's obsessed with her looks, very superficial. I think there's a I think there's a complexity to her though. I think there's some I think there's a lot of insecurity there too. That doesn't justify how she acts in any way, shape or form. And there's something at the end that made me because before I was like, Oh, maybe she is just a bit complex and maybe something's happened to her. But there's something she says at the end and I was like, No. <laughs> she's she she tries to justify her actions by the most inexcusable way it, she's awful but she's just so horrible the one of the things that really stood out for me was how racist she was towards well any i think it was, it was, it was kiko's japanese heritage i remember she was saying things in the book like she didn't like cooking japanese food because it made the house smell and things like that and just very subtle microaggressions i don't know if that's the correct term for it but just subtle things that shows that she's not accepting of kiko's japanese heritage and that obviously plays kiko's exactly the same as well she just doesn't know much about her heritage because it's not been embraced at home, so you know, she probably just doesn't know where to start with it. She's horrid. Was that your standard character? Did well, you have a different one? No, I actually, so I went for favourite character because <laughs> I was I was going to speak about the mother, but then I thought I'd go on a tirade, but I did that anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> but for me, I loved Hiroshi. Hiroshi is an artist that Kiko meets in California, just by chance, an art show. And he kind of takes Kiko under his wing and nurtures her talent and helps her develop a portfolio for for art. But what I love about him is, well, he embraces his heritage. So, you know, he knows so much about it and he introduces Kiko to her heritage and just shows her how how to love it and love herself as well. He's talented. He certainly brings out the, the best in Kiko as well, which I really like because you said before she's always been put down by her mother. So he brings brings it out of her shell a bit. Also just love that he's a family man and he I think he acts as a total contrast to Kiko's mother. I just see the total difference in, in how he treats his family. But he's also very wise and that leads me nicely into <laughs> what he says. So back to reading time. This for me, actually, I think this is probably my favourite part of the book. Hiroshi basically gives an explanation of what a starfish is. Now, he's not just talking about the sea creature, but he's talking about a person who is a starfish. And I think I think it's actually really important to for people to hear this because I think people probably have a starfish. And I was actually paranoid and like, am I the starfish? <laughs> but <laughs> people do have a starfish in their life. So I'm just going to read it. And I feel like it probably could resonate with a lot of people. For a bit of context, Hiroshi's speaking to Kiko. And he is talking about what it is to be a starfish. He says, I waste a lot of time trying to be the son he wanted because I thought failing him meant that I was failing in life. Any time he was unhappy, I thought it was my fault. If he was angry at me, I felt to blame. He always found a way to make me feel as if I'd let him down in some way. Hiroshi straightens his back. At his funeral, I overheard some people referring to him as starfish. I asked them why they gave him that nickname and they told me it was because he had to be the centre of attention, like the legs of a starfish all pointing to the middle. He thought he was the centre of all things. Hiroshi laughs. 
All that time growing up, I thought I was the only one who could see. I thought nobody understood the way he was. I thought I was the problem. But some people are just starfish. They need everyone to fill the roles that they assign. They need the world to sit around them, pointing at them and validating their feelings. But you can't spend your life trying to make a starfish happy because no matter what you do, it will never be enough. They will always find a way to make themselves the centre of attention because it's the only way they know how to live. That was Hiroshi speaking when he was talking about he, he was talking about his his father. So he had a kind of similar relationship with his father that Kiko has with her mother. And I just thought that was a really nice way of describing somebody who's maybe a bit narcissistic, like he said. I know, and it's, it's a way into it as well, because I think, as you say, a lot of people would recognise yeah. the elements of yeah. that in, in that description. But no, I don't think you're a no. starfish, Mrs <laughs> McCarthy, just to reassure you. <laughs> Always part of it. But then I was like, I'm being a starfish because I'm making about me. It's nothing to do with me. <laughs> but yeah, so that is why it's called Starfish, which I quite like. A nice little reference, reference to the title. Did you have a standout moment? Oh, there was a lot. There was some some for good, some for bad. I decided to leave out the bad because I think they're quite difficult to talk about. Not that that means that they should be ignored, but Kiko goes through a lot of kind of tough things and she's had a lot of terrible things happen to her in her past. I decided to focus more on a positive. For me, the standout moment was when Kiko decides to move to California. Basically, her uncle moves back into the house. She has a very difficult relationship with her uncle because of things that have happened in the past and that spurs her to move to California with her friend Jamie because he's moving back there, or he lives there with his family and he's moving back there. And it stands out for me just simply because of her bravery. Like I said before, I can't imagine being 17 and after being rejected from my dream school, deciding just to go to California. That's a huge risk. A huge, because yeah. it's Nebraska there. Nebraska. Nebraska, so quite a contrast. And she drives herself, and it's pretty amazing. I really <laughs> I like that. What about you? What was your standout moment? It falls on from that moment, because it feels like she's had a plan, the one mm-hmm. plan to get into art school, and when it doesn't work out, she does seem to eventually embrace mm-hmm. this idea that there's maybe just like chance almost, mm-hmm. like serendipity. And I love the fact that she discovers the mentor mm-hmm. and by just stopping outside the cafe and yep. seeing the artwork and being drawn to that. And and I like the fact that, you know, you don't have to go to art school to, to be yeah. absorbed in the world and to mm-hmm. meet people who can influence you. And I just really liked it, yeah. to be honest. I thought it was a, a, a beautiful moment when she met mm-hmm. this person who, as you say, stands as a foil yeah. to her. To also, what you said as well about it's a good way when she becomes immersed in the art world by not going to art school, I think I also think that's quite a I think it's an important message for young people because you know you might not get into college or university or whatever you want to do, but you know that doesn't mean that you should give up on your dream. There are other ways, other avenues to get into to what you want to do. And if it doesn't happen the first time, that doesn't matter. You can try again and it's how you pick yourself up afterwards. I think she's a really good example of how to pick yourself up afterwards and keep going even though you feel like you can't go on. Did you have a wild card that you oh, wanted to mention. Well, <laughs> do I have a wild card? <laughs> so this one was was very unexpected. When when you obviously recommended the book, I decided to buy a copy on Amazon, ordered it, and then I scrolled down and I saw the about the author thing and I saw the picture and I was like, hang on a minute. So I clicked on the picture and it turns out that I have met a Kemi Don Bowman. My friend lives up in Elgin and we were up there visiting a friend in that kind of region and we were sitting in, a, in in someone's garden, a friend of a friend's garden, having a cup of tea and she was there. And so I didn't find out till later that she was an author. So my friend actually said, oh yeah, so Akemi's an author. And I was like, oh, that's amazing. Brilliant. I was like, maybe we can get her on the podcast one day. 
we have got her on the podcast in the most <laughs> unexpected way. Um, so yeah, that was a real, it was quite a cool moment though. I was like, I've met you. <laughs> Slightly starstruck by the author of Starfish. Well, it must have been an amazing moment because yeah, did you feel this when you were younger? The authors were almost like a different kind of totally people on you a couldn't different reach? Plate. They lived in They lived in castles and mountainous <laughs> regions in Switzerland. I don't know, something like that. But I thought they were just untouchable and they, they wouldn't, mixed with normal people but I was like yeah if she's a person she was also very very nice so if you're listening Kim you were you were delightful you probably will definitely not remember me but yeah I remember you so it's very exciting that was an amazing wild card yeah. I'm not going to be able to live up to that one I have not so, met her what, what was your wild card then um, one of the things I liked was well there was two things I chose because I actually couldn't choose just one wild card but the, each chapter mm-hmm. ends with her artwork and love I that, that yep. because it's, it's difficult in a book isn't it when mm-hmm. you're writing about an artist and you want to see what they're creating yeah, yeah. and I like that, that the author spent that time mm-hmm. at the end. you don't see pictures of it you uh-huh. just it's, it's the written description of it but I really you can picture it. it yeah it's yeah she does a good job of that and it also reflects the mood of the chapter and, and Kiko's mood as well which I really like too it does yeah. and like art is a way of coping with mm-hmm. what you're going through so as you say the mood changes mm-hmm. because Kiko's having to deal with so many challenging mm-hmm. things but then there's a lot of positive things and a lot of things that happen that bring her hope and it's nice to see that reflected mm-hmm. in her artwork but I also liked and it ties into it how the book depicts your mental health Mm -hmm. but coping strategies for when things get really stressful I think it's maybe a book that if you yourself are going through a a really troubled Mm -hmm. time you might need to maybe stop and take a break and the reason for that I think is just because it's so well written that the descriptions of anxiety and over like Mm -hmm. really overwhelming feelings it's just something to kind of be mm-hmm. aware of. But I think she's done an excellent job yeah. of depicting that in the mm-hmm. book. And it's just a really excellent example mm-hmm. of like really good young adult yep. fiction. Yep. Really relatable as well, like like you said. Also, one thing that I really loved... Sorry, I'm just like, I have another red card. Other thing that I like, see when she's talking to her mum and her mum says horrible things. Throughout the book, she has this section It's like, what I want to say and then she writes what she wants to say and then underneath it says what I actually say and I think that's relatable for a lot of people because people have something they want to say in their head but they're either too scared or don't know how to say it out loud so I quite like that she, she she had that also the best one was when she actually says what she thought which I was like yeah go keep going <laughs> <laughs> when you realise she'd been sitting yeah. all that time yeah. that's so, a good point well that was a great book yeah do we have we have this in the library library and it's also in our ebook collection yes so that is starfish by akemi don bowman right so it's time for your favorite one it's what you're reading so (laughs) what you're reading (laughs) i finished the binding that you recommended it was so good it was it was you promised me like twists so good It was so good. Excellent, really good. So I think I'd, mm-hmm. I'd said this last time, just for anyone that missed the last mm-hmm. episode, it's fantasy adventure yep. and it's all about this idea that there are book binders who instead of binding books, bind mm-hmm. people's memories so that people can forget traumatic things that happen mm-hmm. to them. But there's all sorts of politics about who gets bound and for what reason. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, the central character comes to this book binder to learn his trade, but there's all kinds of mysteries mm-hmm. and hidden secrets and... I just, I didn't see the, I didn't, well, not only did I not see the ending coming, I didn't see all the bits in yeah. the middle coming <laughs> yeah. either. But as a reading experience, it was brilliant. So good, so good. And it's, it's also quite, it's quite a long book as well. And sometimes when I look, I'm like, oh man, right, what's it? But I could not put it down. I think I read it in three days. I just could not put it down. I love books like that. I so read good. before bed and yeah. I, it was one of those books that I was just going to bed early so mm-hmm. I could finish it on the sort of days <laughs> yeah. I was reading it. Amazing. <laughs> have, you, have you moved on to another book now or are you in between books? I have, no, I have. I've just finished a verse novel called In Paris With You mm. that 
has been it was based on Eugene Onegin, right? Okay. Sort of Russian um, classic, uh, which I've not read. Mm-hmm. And I like verse novels. I find them really mm-hmm. accessible. I say this to kids all the time that if they're looking for something that's a page turner, mm-hmm. verse novels look like poetry. Yeah. But there's lots more space on the page, but you can understand really clearly yeah, what's going on and who's, tells the story. Who's the author? Is it Sarah? Sarah Crossing. It's Crossing, Crossing, sorry. So Sarah Crossing, I remember you recommended a few books she's and she's very, very good as well. She's absolutely brilliant. So I've, I've just finished that mm-hmm. one and I loved it because it's set in Paris, which I love Paris. I've been a couple of times and I'd love to go back mm-hmm. soon. And it was just nice to spend time in that mm-hmm. city with with yeah. really likeable characters. What are you reading just now? At the moment, I'm reading a couple of things. I'm currently reading the comic of Moon Knight. I watched the TV show, loved the TV show. My little brother had bought one of the comics and he really, he said it was really, really good. The one I'm reading, I think it's Moon Knight, is it the mission, I think? But it's really, really good. And it's a slightly different story from what's in the TV show. It also has vampires in it, so I'm just like, meeting oh. of many worlds, love Did this. There's no vampires in the TV show? No, no? vampires, oh. just Egyptian gods, goddesses, that love a bit of vampire, vampires. And also I think Captain America's name has kind of turned up a few times. There's just a lot going on. I've also just started reading Hamnet by Maggie O'Farrell. So you'd recommend this a few months ago, I think it was. Enjoying it so far, the only thing I find a wee bit jarring about it is the fact it's all written in present tense. I find oh, yeah. that quite stressful sometimes. Because <laughs> 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 I keep, I'm like, when's it going to change to past tense? Is it going to change? <laughs> no. But I'm now, I think I'm about maybe 60 pages in. I'm like, ah, we're in, we're in present tense. So, so that is that, do you know what, I I'm couldn't just... have told you that. See if you'd asked me on a quiz, <laughs> I don't think I would have been able to say. Yeah, but no, I, I do like it and it's an interesting story. And I like, obviously it's about Shakespeare and Shakespeare's son. And also foreshadowing of what's going to happen is quite good. So I really I like that. What about watching? What you watching? <laughs> I am watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine. <gasps> <gasps> yeah, are you, are, which series are you on? But I'm like completely new with Brooklyn right? Nine-Nine. Okay. And much like I always do, I tend to sort of speed through things mm-hmm. pretty quickly when I'm enjoying them. So I'm in the middle of series three. Oh my gosh. Moment, but I'm, I'm told there's eight. Is that right? Yep. New eight, series eight's just started. I think it's on channel four just now. So right. you'll, you'll catch up no water. And well, I, so many people kept saying you need to watch it. And it's just one of those things I've never got around to. And I was looking for something really short that was going to be funny. Mm-hmm. And I thought... Do you know, it's one of those things I'd started three mm-hmm. times and I got further every time, but then I just kind of dropped away. Mm-hmm. But my sister's a, a huge fan of it and she's like, you're going to love some of these characters. <laughs> and when I finally got into it and she said, who's your favourite character? And I was like, Captain Holt. Oh, she's yes. Like, you love Captain <laughs> Holt. Love He's so funny. In my house, we have lots of phrases that he uses and stuff like Do that. Um, yeah, I think there's, I don't know if you, have you got to the cu- the cummerbund? And I think I've said it wrong because I get made fun oh. of all I did the, cum- yes, the cummerbund. Yeah. <laughs> so good i definitely think that maybe english department library maybe other department we should definitely do a halloween heist like (laughs) be so much fun we could get mr webb on because he's going to be doing csi right well there we go i think that's us sorted then for halloween sorted yeah (laughs) it's gonna be good what are you watching just now very different vein uh, from you yes crime but no comedy i'm currently watching the staircase it's uh, a dramatization of a true story about a man whose wife is found at the bottom of the stairs and she's dead and they don't know how she died. He says that she fell. There was also a point where they said it was an intruder but the prosecution think it was him. I watched the documentary of this, I think it was on Netflix a few years ago. I actually forgotten quite a lot about it because I keep watching it I'm like, ah, forgot about that, forgot about that. But I just, I don't know what I make of the character. So the main character, Michael Peterson, is played by Colin Firth, who's excellent. The wife is played by Tony Collette. I would watch anything with Tony Collette in it. I love her. And they're both excellent. But I just, I can't remember how... What was it, what was the outcome? Which I'm, I quite like because it's keeping me on edge. But it's it's really good. 
pretty dark though and pretty gory so not something to watch lightly but very compelling. I'm not sure how many parts at the moment I think it's been released weekly. Episode 4 just came out so I think 5 is out on Thursday but I'm not sure how many. Worth a watch for sure. We're absolutely delighted this month to be joined by none other than Dr. Dunbar. So welcome. Welcome. Thank you very much. I'm very excited to be uh, on the podcast. I've been waiting all year. And you finally got the invite, the golden ticket. No. Well, we had to get you on because Mrs. McCarthy has been saying for a long time that you are excellent for a book recommendation. Mm -hmm. I am. I mean, not to blow my own trumpet, but I, I, it's because I know a lot of bookworms and I always take it very seriously if you get a recommendation from someone that is a voracious reader. Mm -hmm. Well, we've got some questions like up for you so I think we'll just get stuck in. The most obvious question is what's your favourite book? My favourite book now I've got a dual answer for this one because I don't think it's a condition but I've got this thing where I can't read sunny books mm -hmm. in winter and I can't read books <laughs> right. that are set during winter in mm -hmm. the summer it just seems not, not ludicrous. So I have two favourite books. Both have great in the title. The first one is Great Expectations by Charles Dickens. Mm -hmm. And the second one is The Great Gatsby by, of course, The Love of My Life, F. Scott Fitzgerald. <laughs> so what I do is every year I read The Great Gatsby in July, around about my birthday, mm -hmm. and I read Great Expectations every Christmas time because it just seems like the perfect mm -hmm. winter book. And I consider them both timeless classics for mm -hmm. different reasons. That's amazing. I have read Great Expectations. I've never read The Great Gatsby. <gasps> I know. I knew I was going to get a <laughs> I've, I've seen the recent film, but mm -hmm. I've just it's one of those books that mm -hmm. I always think I'm going to get around to it at some point. But I've not I, lived. I've not lived, no. But July seems like an amazing yeah, like... Because it's a summer book. It's mm -hmm. set in, in summertime. All the parties take place in summer. What might be a nice starter, though, is his short story collection, All the Sad Young Men. Because what um, Fitzgerald did was he used his short stories as a writing workshop for the novels that he was working Ooh, on at the time. I didn't know that. You're not a huge fan of short stories. That's mm -hmm. a great recommendation. So, oh, you're starting already. <laughs> so I think you would enjoy that. I'll, I'll give you some good titles. Oh, thank yeah. you. I think you, you also need to read The Great, Great Gatsby in July as well. <laughs> uh -huh. Like That's, that's your summer reading project. It's not far away. <laughs> I know. know Come September, that's what I'll be talking about. Exactly. exactly. And what you could do, I told, I uh, can't remember who told me, but somebody in the department who got me onto audiobooks, The Great Gatsby audiobook is so Super. Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, um, it was was it Mrs. Paul? I think was saying. Yes. Was it, it was Mrs. Paul who recommended it. That, well, thank you. That's my reading. No, <laughs> <summer. laughs> no excuse. <laughs> no, no, no. What, I, what I really like is the fact that you read it every year as well. Do you have a, Do you have a book that you come back to? Do I've actually got two. Oh, I've got. They're both autumn books mm -hmm. oh, three uh -huh. sorry three um mm -hmm. persuasion by jane austen mm -hmm. which i read in the autumn time okay. lord of the rings mm -hmm. and then i always like to read the harry potter books at christ at christmas time. Time. yeah mm -hmm. so i i have never read persuasion or lord of the rings oh well do you know persuasion i would definitely recommend it yeah. <laughs> read lord of the rings like, it's I, was so never good. Into, I was never into goblins and things like that but i, I might give it a go and the hobbit was mind numbingly no. i remember being given that when i was a teenager and i thought right i get it they're small because the description was <laughs> never ending <laughs> oh man you hurt my heart actually i can't believe you've been using my room all year because i say to every single person who, who uses my room or who comes to my room in class i'm like if you want to get on my bad side, you if you insult Taylor Swift and Lord of the Rings, I'll have you out of here. So I can't believe you have read Lord of the Rings. And I hate Taylor you? Swift. <gasps> oh, Don't no. Well, well, I just, well, I just, <laughs> just leave Podcast <laughs> over. <laughs> not every year I think for me I think I mentioned before but I love Tess of the Durbervilles and I tend to read it that's a spring one for me Easter holidays that's when I tend to read it because 
I don't know if it's a farmyard and things like that. So I've read not every year, every couple of years for me. But oh, I don't I feel like we've covered all the seasons between mm-hmm. us. Though. Love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There must. I bet you there's a word for that. We'll find it out mm-hmm. if you have to read books as they occur in the mm-hmm. calendar year. Oh, there, must there must be. be, there, will yeah, be. there will yeah. be. We it should know. Yeah, we should. Know. <laughs> all the people we should know. <laughs> I wondered what book do you give as a gift? Without fail, the book I give pretty much everybody as a gift is The Hearts Invisible Furies by John Boyne. Mm-hmm. You'll know John Boyne mm-hmm. is famous for The Boy in the Striped Pyjamas, mm-hmm. which I read years ago. Uh, and it was one day in Waterstones, his name looked familiar. Mm-hmm. It was a bit of a tome, but I thought that that looks engaging. So I've got it, read it in two days. It's all about what it means to be gay in Ireland. It spans a 70-year period. The main character, Cyril Avery, is just brilliant and there's not one bad character in it and it's a book that the minute I finished it I thought I'm so jealous that I wouldn't get to read that for Mm -hmm. the first time again which is a good sign yeah there's definitely a name for that as well yeah (laughs) I I envy you know when I've I've Mm -hmm. got people coming up to take a book out Mm -hmm. that I've loved like a whole bit and Mm -hmm. I I envy them that That reading experience experience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so it's great just really good characters the dialogue is razor sharp and I would guess I have bought it for many people as a gift and I've never had anybody say that it's not a a five star read five out of five that is can I ask next then, a book that changed your life? It's, it's how you interpret changed mm-hmm. your life because there's some, I was going to go down the dark path of books that I th- thought were so awful <laughs> that oh. it made me rethink. <laughs> but I'm not, I, but we don't have time to go into it. I love the life. We just don't have time for it. Nor do we have time to talk about Sally Rooney's. I, that was going to be my question be your, to you. Just we can, like, we can return, you, yeah, we'll to return to Sally Rooney later. <laughs> we, can, we, can, we can get back there. But in terms of changing my life, when I was in, when I was at university, I did a course on comparative literature and one of the books that we had to read was called White Sargasso Sea by Jean Rhys and I loved it because I'd read Jane Eyre as a teenager I just accepted it as a classic didn't think about any of the Mm. problems that surrounded it and White Sargasso Sea is a feminist prequel imagining what the mad woman in the attic what her origin story was and so it really rethinks the patriarchy, post-colonial society, life in Jamaica mm-hmm. and just that acceptance of characters and books that are the mad woman in the attic. So I found that I find that life-changing in terms of developing a critical stance mm-hmm. towards books and I've returned to it over the years every not, not it's not a laugh a minute but every now and again it's good to return to it just to remind yourself that there's another side yeah. to all stories. And I think we try awfully hard, hard in English to develop that critical stance yeah. early on, especially yeah. with all of the texts that we promote mm-hmm. to do with inclusion and the other. Mm-hmm. And so it's a good, that's obviously quite advanced, but there are lots of ways in to, to get mm-hmm. p- pupils thinking that way that I certainly never did yeah. in school. So it's good. So I'm with you in that with having the established story but an alternative perspective. Like mm-hmm. We've talked a lot about, not the trend just now, but the fact that there's lots of retellings of the Greek Greek yeah. stories from female perspectives. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love it. Seriously. <laughs> but yeah, it's wonderful. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's so good. And yeah, I don't think there's one, I don't think there's been a single one that I've disliked just yet. Yeah. yeah just the different perspectives, great. And I often find the other perspective much more compelling more than, than the, the original story. What's your earliest reading memory? My earliest reading memory? Well, I am very fortunate to come from a family of readers. So although I've got two sisters, neither of them read, uh, there's no excuse for it if they're listening because <laughs> we were all read to as children. We had the story time every night. First, my mum, who I'm called 
Rebecca because of the book. That's her favourite book. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. Oh, wow, a literary name. A, li- <laughs> a literary name. In fact, she just recently gave me a first edition copy of Rebecca that's been handed oh, down through mm-hmm. the family with a lovely inscription in it. I love that. So that was, I was delighted. That was Easter. But also my... So she read us stories every night um, and my nana and my aunt Jeanette would take me to... My big trip would be going to Borders. If we remember borders, oh, that, that we still miss yeah. it. I know, <laughs> I know. Honestly, it's a glorious days in borders, and they just encourage. I was, I was one for cereals at the time, so it would be the Babysitters Club, mm-hmm. Nancy Drew, and it was partly, I think, it fed my love of reading and also my desire to shop and collect. <laughs> Two in one. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I definitely credit my love for reading with the women, the female readers in my family who passed down that tradition, and I fondly remember. Millie Molly Mandy being read that with my mum. Roald Dahl was a favourite with my nana because she had a quite a dark sense of humour. And my aunt really encouraged all all reading. So she was a primary school teacher and she 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 always um, wanted us to be readers and she's glad she's got one. Out oh, of us. she's <laughs> succeeded. Yeah. yeah. Well, I love that. I've got to ask though as a tangent, the Babysitters Club. I read voraciously yeah. through them when I was a teenager, yeah. and they've remade it now, and oh, we've got new they? new readers. So there's a graphic novel okay. version of it, and Netflix have <gasps> also there's a series on oh, Netflix. Wow. It's oh, right. the kind is of it, sweetest, it? most wholesome oh. thing. There's two series of it up already. Do they still? Does Stacey? The big question here is: Does she still <laughs> sign all the eyes with a love heart? She That's does. fine then. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they've stayed true true to the original. Well, we've t- we talked about Heartstopper mm. recently, mm-hmm. and, and loads, the of, yeah, so loads of our yeah. pupils are, are watching that, and it's the similar sort of thing. The kind of style from the book oh, has come across the animations. The, the yeah, I was well. That's actually what I was reading. But no, the, I, that's one thing I did like about the show: the the fact that they they put the animations mm-hmm. in there as a backdrop. I thought that was really well done. So and, really nice and you were saying it's been flying off the shelves, hasn't oh, it's it? Been so I'm not surprised. It's so good. It's it's probably it's one of my favourite things I've watched. I, I, I kind of want to read read the graphic novel as well because it's just it's just so wholesome. It is and just lovely, really lovely characters, relatable mm-hmm. characters. Oh, really yeah. good. As I read a review that said it was like getting given a big hug at the oh, end of yeah. your experience, <laughs> yeah. and that's how it felt yeah. to me. Yeah. <laughs> lovely. So I'm, I'm glad to meet a fellow Babysitters fan as well. Did you ever Super. read Babysitters Club? Yes, yes, I did. Although. <laughs> Not as I didn't read them all. I read some. I was big into Jacqueline Wilson. So oh yeah. My, uh-huh. my, so mm-hmm. when you were talking about borders there, whenever I think of borders, all I can think about was meeting Jacqueline Wilson there. Oh, I wow. queued for five <gasps> hours to go and get my book signed, and I actually I have Must a picture. She, it was her rings she was just she was bedazzling she was just incredible I queued for five hours I remember I spoke to her I really the only thing I regret is what I wore that day I had this horrible t-shirt on it was like a Donny sport t-shirt on bright green and it was just and I was bright red when I met her because I was really <laughs> and um, yeah <laughs> and I just regret it because I've still got the picture of her but I just looked terrible I know I was only 11 and you know hadn't developed a fashion sense yet but biggest regret honestly oh, that's, that's great that you, met, that you managed to meet her she was super I have most of them, I think. Uh, obviously not recently, but I'm hoping. So I've got two nieces. One of them is kind of getting to the age where Jacqueline Wilson's probably a good thing for a tweet, so I'm going to pass them down to her and oh, she can really have them nice. all. Because um, I just want someone to enjoy them. There's no yeah. point in them just sitting oh, about it rather. Someone got the use out of them and, mm-hmm. and loved them as much as I did. Yeah. yeah. It's like oh, what you were lovely. saying about the female readers in your family sort mm-hmm. of passing things down mm-hmm. as well. Oh, nice oh and I buy, I buy kids' books 
all the time. I, all, I mean, I, I think I've kept Julia and the Shark going this year because <laughs> uh, I have bought it for so yeah. many people because mm-hmm. um, it, it is brilliant. Mm-hmm. It's a great book. It's mm-hmm. absolutely fantastic. And it's, as you say, it's all built on recommendations and mm-hmm. word of mouth because as soon as you start some kids reading it, they yeah. recommend mm-hmm. it to other people. That's what keeps it going. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think that the library here does an awfully good job yeah, of that absolutely. as well with the recommendations because the kids are always mm-hmm. flocking around there. And, um, and, and it's actually this school, I was thinking about this the other night, this school really does have well, not only does it have a fantastic reading culture with mm-hmm. the new mm-hmm. silver... <gasps> I know, yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> what a great thing to say. Thanks celebrate. for the plug. Yes, go, I know, not my first rodeo. Going, going, going for gold next year, I hear. Mm-hmm. Watch indeed. this space. Mm-hmm. Oh, we are indeed, yeah. <laughs> school effort, so... But, but it's lovely to come into the library and see them all of their own accord as mm-hmm. well and on the beanbags. Yep. Reading a book at lunchtime. If I had gone to this school, that would be me. I'd have been glued. You'd have deprived me <laughs> to, the, to the next block from the library. <laughs> Which is what we want. Perfect. Well, right, oh. final question. Yes. Favourite writer? I'm actually going to ask you about another thing though okay. later, but favourite writer to start with? So, favourite writer, I thought about this long and hard because obviously I should be saying F. Scott Fitzgerald, that's my expert subject, but there are living writers. We need to remember that. <laughs> so, Sarah Waters, I've gone for. You recommended some Sarah Waters to Yes, you. I, I have nothing but good things to say about Sarah Waters and on the subject of being starstruck, I met her at a women's World War Two symposium at the Glasgow Women's Library a few years ago. She and Kate Eddy, is it? The BBC war correspondent. Oh, yeah, yeah. Two super interesting writers. Mm-hmm. And Sarah Waters, I had read a few of her books beforehand. Um, the first one was Fingersmith, which is a neo-Victorian I'm not going to give anything away, but it is absolutely brilliant. I mean, mm-hmm. a masterpiece. So she either does her neo Victorian books or she does 1950s Britain with a slight supernatural slant. Cool. So she's got The Little Stranger and The Paying Guests, which is almost a kind of book-long landlady idea. <laughs> but there is there is nothing that she's written that is not... I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's superb. So I, would, so I would always recommend if people want to just get absolutely lost in a book, it's a totally immersive Sarah Waters. How did you discover her? I discovered her because somebody said, if you love Dickens, you'll love Fingersmith. Oh, okay. So I bought Fingersmith and it is, it is the closest you'll get to a modern Dickens, but with more women mm-hmm. and more positive depictions of them, which I'm all about. Mm-hmm. So I'd highly recommend that to anyone who likes the mm-hmm. late, late Victorian years. I feel like this really has been all about the power of women. recommendations mm-hmm. and about women, yeah. and about she, so that's brilliant to mm-hmm. hear that, mm-hmm. that that comes through and you discovering your favourite writer. Yeah. And she's always and it, she's one of the only every couple of months I, I go on Amazon and I think she must have something out. Turn these books out, gosh. And I'm also I'm also very envious of. I mean, I'm I'm not a creative writer, but I'm so envious of somebody who you know her routine now is to have th- the three months in archives researching, and then like, oh. and then the writing. I mean, it yeah. just sounds glorious. What a life. I know. That's that's the way to live. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, thank you very much, Dr. Nimbar. That was that was fab. Um, oh, that's been amazing. I'm so glad we got you on. <laughs> thank you for having me. I'm yes. delighted to have been part of Book Blether. Yep. In fact, but well, you brought the fabulousness today, I have oh, to say, because it's our tagline, fact fiction and fabulousness. You oh, brought the fabulousness. Listen, thank you. I'll hashtag it everywhere, share, repost, <laughs> tell a friend, word of mouth. Well, yeah. That's it. Well, listen, listen, well, one of my friends actually said that she's a teacher in the North mm-hmm. and uh, we were mentioned at an in-service day and I, she's, oh, she's wow. like, oh my gosh, I know her. <laughs> so yeah, so we are. I wonder when the sponsorships will start. Well, that's exactly Surely what we said. We'll need yeah. to get a P.O. box. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll get the office involved. We like biscuits. Yes. Books. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Dogs. Dogs. Yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> it could be a puppy corner in the library. Yep. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> we're so lucky because we have not just one, but two fantastic staff star readers. So we're, we're joined yes. by none other than Mr. McNulty. Welcome. Hello. Oh, thank you very much. I'm very excited. Nice we're, to have you. We're yeah. so excited because Dr. Dunbar was name dropping your name you wouldn't oh right okay <laughs> fantastic <laughs> yeah well, I think we are kind of book buddies to be fair so that's good well what yeah. really came through I think was uh, the power of recommendations and word mm-hmm. of mouth so it definitely came through in, in her so I'm so interested mm-hmm. to hear the answers that you're going to have to our yeah. questions Absolutely. so should we get stuck yeah, in yeah sure so the first question I'm going to ask is what book are you reading just now the book that I'm reading just now I literally just started it like two days ago is a book I've been waiting patiently for for so long now since reading Shuggy Bane oh because yeah. it's the next one, it's Young Mungo by Douglas Stewart. I actually was a wee bit kind of like sad about and pre-ordered a signed copy with the really fancy like Love front it. cover That's and amazing. stuff. <laughs> but I've been waiting for it for, for so long just after that first book, which mm-hmm. for me was probably the book of 2020. I think it deserved all the praise that it got. And this is like, I was wondering how different this was going mm-hmm. to be, but the first chapter has just started off like he's going in the same note. It's mm-hmm. it's devastating, it's, it's sad, it's touching, but it's so beautifully written as well. Is it set in, I'm assuming it's set in Glasgow mm-hmm. as well, and is yeah. it based on his experiences? Or is so it, I, don't, I, don't, yeah, I kind of feel like there's always a sort of, maybe mm-hmm. an autobiographical yeah. element that comes into his writing, mm-hmm. I think, maybe, and I think he's discussed that before. Mm-hmm. Young Mungo, though, it could almost... I mean, I have only started reading it, but I think it could almost be read as though Shuggy Bane has grown up and oh, almost... Right, okay. yeah. I mean, there are there are differences, but I think it's going to go down the same sort of theme, still based in Glasgow. Nothing quite like getting a book that you've been waiting for for mm-hmm. so long and you're yeah. finally in your hands, ready to read it. Uh-huh, <laughs> absolutely. And there's loads of like wee kind of independent bookshops that have opened up in the South Side as well. Mm-hmm. So it's actually nice going in and getting it in like a wee brown mm-hmm. paper bag oh, and yeah. leaving with it and getting excited to read and it. And you've got a signed copy as well. That's, that's mm. pretty cool. I do love a signed copy. Mm-hmm. Can't beat that. Treasure <laughs> it forever. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we, we've eased you in with the book you're reading now, but we're on to a big hitter now, which is, could you tell us a book that has changed your life in some way? I was like thinking about this question. I was like, there's no book that's like really dramatically changed my life. Like, I don't know, could could a book do I was sort of having that like conversation with myself. I'm thinking that there'll be absolute people out there. There's a book that is that's been a massive, massive impact in their life. But then I was just kind of thinking a wee bit more simply and just thinking about some of the books that I read mm-hmm. when I was young. And then it just totally clicked for me. Like The Secret Seven for me has to be one of the life changing <laughs> books. Um, the Secret Seven by Enid Blyton, because that was, I think, the book that just ignited my passion for reading. It was a book that I got to choose myself. Like, it went into, I think it might have been like Borders or something, Borders or Waterstone. Oh, it yeah. Was, yeah, we oh. met Dr. and Bars talking about oh, Borders. Oh, well, yeah, the of memories. course. <laughs> so many memories. <laughs> um, yeah, so going into there and like picking up my own book and just kind of seeing what I would be mm-hmm. interested in. I read a lot with, with my mum, and my mum read a lot to me, but this was the first book I think pretty sure that I read myself and just absolutely loved mm-hmm. I had to get the whole collection after that and I was devastated I remember it was when it came to an end and I'd mm-hmm. finished the whole series and then went on to Famous Five mm-hmm. and then from there went on to other books I still look back at that with a, a big smile I've still mm-hmm. got all of them actually I'm 
can't get rid of them. You've got to keep them. It's nice that you've got a memory with that. Obviously, mm -hmm. you're saying that your mum read, read you, but that sort of sprung your your love of this the the new series. We I think we were talking about books that we loved when we were younger. What was it, Doctor Babysitters, Babysitters Club? Club. Oh, right, okay. Wilson. Yeah, of course. Yeah. As well, so it's good that we have books that you know just always stick with us, regardless mm -hmm. of uh, where, where we end up. Next thing we want to ask is uh, the last book that made you laugh or cry or both. I don't know. When I was looking back at some of the books that I've read more recently, I'm like, I really need to read some more funny books. Like, I need to get a little bit more like light-hearted with my reading. They're very much shuggy bane and kind of death and crime. And so the book is more the one that made me cry, although not quite cry but very very emotional mm -hmm. it's one that I was definitely still thinking about after was The Kite Runner <gasps> yeah, and it, it's such it's such a topical mm -hmm. book as well for this time you know following the lives of two young boys really getting to like falling in love with their characters and mm -hmm. the way like, the kind of the author's written them and then seeing how different their lives are and then all of the horrific things that, mm -hmm. that follow really really sad and definitely still thinking about it and then of course finishing that and the Taliban retaking mm -hmm. over yeah. and Afghanistan and, and all those problems. And then, of course, you're, you're looking at what's happening in Ukraine, mm -hmm. looking at Palestine and Israel, looking at Syria. Yeah. It could really just, it really makes you think about today and that actually these stories mm -hmm. aren't all so fiction. I think that sometimes books can give you a way into that, mm -hmm. to, you know, because you hear the headlines and you might not, yep. you don't associate it with the yeah. human. Whereas mm -hmm. you get to know these characters, mm -hmm. you love them. I've yeah. read The Kite Runner as well, and it's yeah. the same as me. It's, it's a really, book that's really stable. Really powerful. I've yeah. got his next or the other one, A Thousand Splendid Sons, on yeah. on the list for this year. I don't know. I'm I'm kind of I'm saving it. I'm going to need to read it in the summer when like I'm relaxed and happy and all the rest of it because the kite runner really like such a heavy read. Mm -hmm. Well, such a beautiful, enjoyable read. But after it, it's like all the thoughts you're left with. Well, when you were saying earlier about not reading funny books, we actually have, we have a funny book recommendation mm. for time travelling with uh, a hamster. The yeah, time, time travelling with a hamster. With oh, yeah. a hamster. The hamster we, we've talked about it in a previous podcast. Okay. The hamster's called Alan Shearer. It's it's <laughs> so good. Like So if you want a book to make you laugh, that's a book to make you laugh. Like, Excellent. I I'll it. absolutely be checking that Lots out. Lots of science and stuff in mm -hmm. it. But yeah, it's really, really funny. What's the other? I've just downloaded an audio book and that was something that actually... Tying in with Doctor Dunbar, mm -hmm. I mean, we're, we definitely give each other some great audiobook recommendations. But there's not, is it the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? Oh, yeah, yeah, that book. Mm -hmm. So that's my next audiobook. Mm -hmm. So you've talked about the audiobook that you're wanting to go on to next. Have you got in mind a book that you're wanting to read? Yes. So the next one that I'm wanting to go on to read is The Song of Achilles. <gasps> Yes, yeah. yes, yes. It's so good. <laughs> is it, is it good? Absolutely loved it. I, I think I read it in like a day. Oh, it was right, incredible. okay, brilliant. Um, I'm assuming you've read the blurb and things like that. And it's the... Similar to, is it Homer? Yes. Um, um, so it's all about Achilles and Patroclus mm -hmm. and their friendship and relationship and yeah. things like that. And it's, yeah, oh, it's so good. But this was a book that I, I didn't really like see it in a, a bookshop or mm -hmm. anything, which is where, or like Goodreads is which where mm -hmm. I normally kind of look. But it was all over like booktube and all of the like was it book talk and things like that like youtube and everything so it was a lot of like younger readers but then a lot of really seasoned readers that were like you know they've got their sort of fan shows and stuff on youtube talking about different books they were raving about it 
So I thought I just kind of need to see what this is all about. It's not something I would normally go for. It's, so yeah. we see. It's incredible. I'm, I'm, that we were talking earlier about books that you know you wish that you could just. You're jealous that someone's getting to read it first. Yeah, you I'm jealous. Oh, about right, this okay. Book. <laughs> so good. Have so you read Circe as well? Yes, then yeah. see, I've not read that either. So. I, I think I think it was actually it was Mr. Kearney and Miss Marks recommended all of these books by like Natalie Haynes, Madeline mm-hmm. Miller, all set in the ancient world, and I was like, oh, see. Oh, obsessed like I'm yeah. just firmly like lodged in the ancient world right now and it's, yeah, it's really good see I mean I love like my medieval Scottish history but I don't think I've kind of gone back mm-hmm. that far into like mm-hmm. the ancient history so it would I think for someone that loves history I think it would be, be quite good so hopefully I can dive into it Excellent. the last thing I want to ask then what book would you give as a gift I think giving like, a book as a gift is it can be a really difficult thing but I think when you get one for someone that you know that they're going to like or they really do like it's mm-hmm. one of the best gifts mm-hmm. I know that I love it when someone gives me a gift that, or a book as a gift that I just absolutely love the one that I've been giving it most recently to people and I've just finished it a couple of months ago was His Bloody Project oh, um, Graham McRae Burnett it's sort of Scottish crime Scottish right? crime yeah. such an interesting style the way that he's written it it's almost like you're reading or you are kind of reading these papers that have been discovered about a trial back when and it's from the the murderer's point of view oh, okay so it doesn't you know that he's i've not given anything away there mm-hmm. you know he's murdered folk <laughs> but it's also it's about exploring like highland clearances which is what my dissertation mm-hmm. is on so for me straight away when i heard about this i had to read it but you're tying in like crime court trials um and just like that, all that socio-economic history, but it is an incredible book. And I don't think I've ever read a crime book and felt so sorry for the murderer. Yeah, I've felt so bad for him. That's some yeah. powerful writing then, if uh, you feel sorry yeah. for the murderer. That's, that's mm-hmm. pretty incredible. You want him to get off with it. Well, <laughs> that good. So go and read it and, and find out for yourself. Well, I happily have the debate with it. <laughs> That's amazing. I feel like I've got yeah. to the end of that and I've already added things to my to be yeah. read pile, which mm-hmm. is ever growing. That was brilliant. Thank you so yeah, much for coming you. on. Yeah, well, thank you for having me. It was yeah. brilliant. Thank you. And that is it for chapter nine of Book Blether Fact, Fiction and Fabulousness. We really hope you've enjoyed it and we hope that you will join us for the final episode next month. Until then, keep sharing stories. Mm-hmm.